Greetings and welcome everyone. It's Arkham Geek Gamecast episode 480. I'm one of your hosts, Jim Gast, joined by Mike Sneedy. What's up? Corey Feinsod. Loa. And Tony Korkanakis. Woo! Welcome guys, welcome listeners and viewers to 480. Wow, we're getting up there, getting close to 500. I've almost done this 500 times. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, this is our of the decade. Uh, this is our 5 through 1, or 1 through 5, however you want to say it. Uh, top best <sighs> best games of the decade. I almost said movies. We just finished our movies the one. So if, you have, the <laughs> if you haven't heard the movies, we did, we did just finish that one. It's a two-parter, just like this one. Uh, we you know recommend listening to all of that. Uh, yeah, yeah, we did our 10 through 6 last week. Yeah, afterwards we're going to recap our top you know, 10 through 1 uh, for this, for the games. Um, until then, though, we're going to get started here. Uh, got a lot to cover, and let's do it. Got a lot of content coming. So, we'll, yeah, we'll definitely get into that. But again, spoilers possible in this, just for those wondering. We're going to be talking about the games. We might mention spoilers. We did in the movies. So, here we go. Uh, I think I kept the same order, right? Did we do the same order? Yes, we did. Um, I've been writing these down, so I kept the order, so I know exactly. I'm keeping this organized this time. Okay. Uh, again, this list for me, we just mentioned before we started this podcast, was uh, 10 through 6, where that was falling for me in the games, was the most interesting part. My top five were like, I had that out like immediately, and I'm like, I stared at it, I'm like, I am very happy with this order. Like, I just knew it, like, I'm just like, I don't really, I, I'm very happy. The only thing I could maybe switch is these two, possibly, uh, the next two we're talking about here, but my number five movie of the decade game game game, game of the decade Sorry. <laughs> i realized i said it uh is uh zelda breath of the wild mm-hmm. um yeah it was a an amazing um shocking way they did zelda uh as a game that's always been a dungeon crawler uh dungeon, i don't call it dungeon crawler but dungeon oriented with puzzles uh to have a game that's open world suddenly and literally if you see it you can go there uh, as a promise was done before, and it's never been really like followed through with. Like you literally can go to places that you can see. Um, I, I remember the first when I first got out of that first area in this game, uh, just dropping down, gliding down uh, into the unknown, and getting and <laughs> yeah. just I was so afraid out there with three hearts and like you know, so much damage can be done, and you're just like, what do I do? Where do I go? Uh, and I was I decided to start climbing the mountain. I, I just remember this first part uh because i started climbing this mountain uh where i was supposed to go through the valley and i'm like i see goblins there i don't want to fight goblins so i'm going to climb around them uh so i climbed this mountain and i creatively got up there with my stamina dropping fast because i was very early in the game uh and i got to this grass area up in the top of this mountain random like valley and there was this giant ogre like one-eyed beast that was there and i'm just like holy crap what is that <laughs> and it just it killed me in one hit uh and it just like Oh god, that was my memories. That's like the the thing that stood out in my my memory of this game. Um, my my only issues with this game were that it didn't have enough dungeons. I think it. I really would love to see the sequel when they come out with it, more dungeons in it, uh, because I did like what they did with the dungeons. I there were very there were some very difficult puzzles in that, uh, and I just felt like um, I wanted more of the core style Zelda game. I mean, I'm not a huge open world guy, but I did like this blend. And according to my Xbox 10-decade thing, I'm a pretty open-world <laughs> guy. Um, so, yeah. I, I don't know. Um, yeah, I just really love this game. And I can't wait for the sequel that they're finally that they're making for this game. And, uh, you know, it, it did so many things, like, 
The only thing, oh, the weapon damage. That's I didn't like that at all. That I didn't like at all. Stand by that statement. It's not for me. I prefer to have my master sword and slice through things when I finally get that thing. So I do. I do. Yeah, it's it's fair. It's fair. No. Love this game 100%. Like this fantastic, uh, huge world. People are still playing it today. The the attach rate was ridiculous with this game. It was yeah. overselling more the than console. one. Yeah. It was overselling <laughs> the console. Uh, it deserves to be of the decade list. Absolutely. I'm sure Tony's going to talk about it later on. Nah, um, I don't know. Yeah. No, there's no question. <laughs> like, listen. There was when I was writing this down. I'm like, I'm yeah. probably not ranking this high enough. And like, I know where Tony's going. Probably Tony loved this thing like <laughs> a lot higher. Um, but my other games, I just played more time yeah. in. It's subjective. It's arguable. Next, next, next one. But okay. we'll all right, number four for Mike. Go ahead, Mike. Number right. five. Oh, five, five. All right. Jesus, I'm, uh, I'm off. Get ahead of yourself. You're flustered. That's all. I'm off. Yep. My number five. Is... Rest away from the wild. Yeah. So go ahead, Mike. Sorry. <laughs> Metal Gear Solid Five. Ooh, Did nice. not expect that. Yeah, I didn't see that one. Big no. open world. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. This unfor- This is unfortunate for me that this was my entry to the Metal the Metal Gear <laughs> franchise, but um, was. this was great. Honestly, I oh, remember before we got to like the yep. last section of this game, we were all going crazy about it. it like, was a great game. It was up a great in- game. Yes. Um, obviously, the it's, it's an open world, limited open world, but it had all the different ways you could go about completing these missions. And then you had the uh, the home, the mother base, and, and I'm always a sucker for like an <laughs> And an evolving, expanding, yep. yeah, home base. Like mm-hmm. that's what I liked about the old X Men Legends games, and too that we don't have in the new one. I love just having a home base you can relax and that. Right. But you Mike, build on it. Let me just pause real quick. I think we can get you in a suit, couldn't? <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Anyway, so and then the actual gameplay. Uh, open world in the best way, where there's so many different ways that you can go about. Uh, completing your objectives and it's tracked in a way where you're rewarded like by messages, by bonus points or whatever if you do things a certain way or a different way and like it's just optional objectives sometimes it's it takes like almost that principle of like GoldenEye and takes it to the next level from way back then and the story made sense for a while and while it did I I really liked it I didn't like the opening (sighs) trudge through the game through that opening cinematic crawling on the floor thing but it was it was just had the gameplay it had sort of a sense of progression even personally it had everything you needed and then it just the story went off the rails and it didn't really that's, finish itself that's ultimately why i didn't make my list i mean that's honestly i, mean, I, I did consider it for it's on my list yeah, of like but, 20 but games but it didn't make the my thing is it, they're the game was really long by the time it went off the rails, so I it went. It went so got my value out of it for sure. Yeah, it did, a, but it was yeah. so there's a complete the great game there. It oh, just yeah. it didn't end right, and uh, then yeah. in retrospect, you can, can go back and nitpick how boring it is to play through that first section of the game again if you ever go back to that. So, sure. yeah. so that's why it's five. Like, but yeah, it's, I get you. this game could have been among the top games. Oh, yeah. It would have been on my if list it delivered on its promise that it made, yeah. like you know, by the middle of it, and like yeah. finished out the right way in a somewhat cohesive storyline. <laughs> it would have been. It would have. This been was great. a game that was hurt by the Konami 
Kojima's Kojima, fault. Yeah, yeah that, absolutely. Like, for if, sure. if this and game had again, been fully realized in Kojima's yeah, vision, yeah. I have no doubt this would be a top five game. Absolutely. Like, absolutely. Like, if not higher, top three. It would have been a top three. It probably yeah. would have been a top three. Yeah. But this this makes it up this high for me because it was yeah, uh, it's so impressive. out of, yeah. out of nowhere great. for me. Out of nowhere, really. Mm-hmm. And it, I am a little disappointed that, that this was my entry point to the series. What, what made you decide to get that? I forget. Because I, I know, like... Honestly, like, again, we, like we argue about... We no, okay. we argued about this sometimes. It was the reviews. It was uh, okay. The review, well, okay, we, that's we, right. well, we were also well across the board, and and then I always wanted. Yeah, we were all playing it, and I always wanted to get yeah. it. I just never had like you know yeah. PlayStation One. I've or, always I've always really loved Metal Gear, and yeah, like yeah. this game was fantastic. And I was I mean we we podcast about this this game. Oh, I mean we were going yeah. we were going crazy about it, and then yeah. we got to the part where we had recycled levels and the, yeah. didn't know what was happening yeah. with uh, certain characters that went crazy and left, and we're just like, oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I still remember trying to go rock to rock to get to the uh, what's her name, the sniper that was quiet. Uh, quiet. quiet. I, that whole sequence I remember vividly, like because I got killed a billion times during that sequence. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so. Yeah, it was great. great oh, yeah, and they, they take her away from me near the end of that game, yep, too. Yeah, they do. All right, Tony, you're number five. Uh, my number five is Fire Emblem Awakening. Um, I had to think about this because it's, you know, I didn't want to do um, multiple series oh, from the nice. same, multiple yeah. games from the same series. And it was between this and Three Houses. But the way I look at it was Awakening was the uh, perfect culmination of the I, old I style. Yeah, it. it's it's the perfect combination of the old school style of Fire Emblem, where you know it, it's just missions and some some reprieve and like a base, you know, just like we were talking about. Um, but the story was fantastic. The characters were also like I loved all those characters to the point where like, you know, by the end like you have so many powerful characters and you can only take on so many. You're just like, well, I want to take in all my chil- like I want to take all my children to yeah. the battlefield to kill people, and you gotta be extremely selective, you know, at that point in time. But I mean, all yeah, the characters I had my. Had my A squad and then the A plus squad. Right, so it's like, exactly. That's, that's who I had to take. It was just like, oh, sorry guys. Yeah, but um, I mean, the story was was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, kind of like how I was talking about uh, Avengers and last time. This, you know, game was originally designed as like, hey guys, like firearm sales have been declining. You know, it's just kind of not worth our investment anymore. Yeah. So we're gonna do one last one. This is it. Put everything you've ever wanted, ever wanted to do into this last game and the developers like and intelligences were like all right we're gonna go buck wild and it's like this weird thing where you know it's like the descendants of the character from the first game where it's just like oh yeah or we could trace our bloodline back to like you know mark the hero king and stuff like that and it's like oh okay that that's pretty cool um and then there's that twist with uh even the mysterious stranger the mass mm-hmm. stranger uh trope and stuff like that but then they twist that even like oh like we, we get the even like future time travel bullshit and it's like in my Fire Emblem game? Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm all for this now. Like, I did, this is a thing I didn't know I wanted. Uh, and then, Jim, like, you talked about I last week that. with, like, the, the romance options, because now it's just, like, it not, was like, not for the cutscenes, it's, like, strategic. Like, all right, your child with this person would be so overpowered. I need to hook you guys up. I need to play <laughs> you matchmaker. You guys got to get like, together, yeah. yeah I, would, like, I uh, would check their summon. You'd be like, can they match? Yep, yeah. okay, okay, here yep. we go. It's like, yeah, it's like, oh, it's just because it was just... In a disgusting way, because if you if you were to do this in real life, it'd be like kind of creepy. But it's like, yes, I do want my Pegasus Rider to match to hook up with my Dark Mage, so that I can get a Pegasus Rider with Gale Force that can just you know whenever they kill somebody they get to go again. It's like ridiculous. It's like, 
why are you hooking me up again? It's like, don't ask questions. I'm just doing it and stuff like that. But yeah, Fire Emblem just uh, was a fantastic overall package um, delivered on pretty much all fronts. Uh, and Three Houses, I mean, it's just up there, but I think we could still see an evolution of that formula. So I think uh, I would, I new like decade, see, yeah. The next I would like game. to see something from, like, I would like to see that whole descendant thing from Awakens meld and mesh into another mm-hmm. Fire, uh, Fire Emblem game. Like, I just, yeah. like I said, love that aspect of it. So you give me that with three houses and we're, I'm in there for like the next five years. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, all right, Corey, what's your number five? My number five is God of War, the new one. Uh, oh, yeah. That was yeah, that, that yeah. was... I mean, that obviously, I think God of War series had a, a stigma. It's like, if you, you like that style of gameplay, you know, then you the action crazy, big cinematic stuff. This kind of toned it down a little bit, but it still delivered on the cinematic aspect for me and mm-hmm. had a lot of crazy big moments. But the combat, I really enjoyed that combat. I thought that yeah. there was a lot there to explore and, and the upgrades and different things that you could kind of geared towards a certain way of, or a certain style of gameplay. Now, obviously, once you get certain weapons, it opens up even more. That's what when I got the when I got the um uh what was it the the traditional weapons the, the right. flash. That's when I was like, this game is actually really awesome. The combat. Yeah, and I it just the, I really liked that figuring all that out and kind of solving that puzzle as well as you know they had the good a good enough story there. I thought that the the theme was a lot better in implemented here. Not necessarily better implemented, but I liked the um the Norse mythology a, a little mm. more than the Greek mythology. I think in this setting at least. Uh, and the kid I think was that's great. also times uh, a product of the times where like Norse with like Thor being big right now and stuff. Mm-hmm. I just think that that was a good area to explore. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, yeah, and just um yeah, like I said, the kid was good. The, the companion uh, actually was effective, and he made it made combat unique as well because you can use, use him in different yep. ways so. use him to stun or distract yep. so, so yeah. yeah and it's a very pretty game too yeah it was very nice yeah all right uh number four number four for me number four where oh, that's my old list oh geez where am i at okay number four number four for me was borderlands 2 which uh, I won't talk too long about because I feel like we'll be talking about this a little bit later <laughs> um but it was my my game of the year um Back when it when I was playing it like crazy with Corey, I spent hours upon hours collecting loot in this game. Uh, that's ultimately why it beat out Breath of the Wild because I played it like way more. I guess it's the draw of the more loot kind of thing into it that just kind of makes it better. Plus the villain. I mean, the, that the, mm. Ganon's fantastic, but I felt like that fight in Breath of the Wild wasn't the best fight oh, in yeah. the game. I've also seen uh, it before. Yeah, and so like... Handsome Jack, though. Oh, Handsome Jack is a man. He's the yeah. I mean, he's, they've been Gladys are like top tier, yeah, like, it, you know, villains. The, I mean, the, the double rainbow line to this day, I just I still could hear, I could listen to that constantly. Um, double, what does it mean? Uh, it's just like I could listen to that constantly from him and the delivery of all of his the guy that voice. Mm-hmm. I don't know who the voice actor is. They nailed the, yeah, they nailed, nailed the voice. It. Um, so I just yeah for me number four for me it was awesome uh, huge game lots of content the, even the bonus content I played all the DLC with that not the latest uh, but most of the DLC content let me rephrase that then uh, not the tie-in but um, loved it so cool. and I'm not gonna talk more about it because we'll be cycling back to this there's no question in my mind later <laughs> not to give up anybody else's list but we all know we're coming back to this uh, Mike all right so my number four is personally controversial. I went back and forth on this game many times, and I still believe it's overrated, but I'll put it at four. 
Overrated. Overrated. Did you yes. give yourself the, of the, you're overrating it yourself is what you're saying. <laughs> no, no, I'm not overrated. Well, trust me. Decky. Everybody else is yes, ever <laughs> They are. Witcher 3. It's Witcher 3. It's going to be number one on everyone else's list if you no. like look around. It's no. like it's got. It probably has. It could be up there for the most number ones for these lists if you want to look around. I, I didn't but, look it up, but I gotta look this up now. Go on. I, I looked it up, and it, it, I mean, it's it's. It's, it's there. Hard when you have some <laughs> other games. I mean, that were mentioned just recently. Yeah. No, go on, Mike. But so The Witcher Three. It took me three times to actually get into this game. I see why. I just can't. Why torture yourself that much to play this game? Because once I did, it's my fourth favorite of the decade. <laughs> it's like it's like, okay, this book is fantastic, but you got to get through three hundred pages before it actually becomes good. I mean, just why? Because I knew that. I, first of all, it, there was big gaps. But again, it, but see, but this country. <laughs> like, some. I think everybody has that though. Like the first time they try something, like it didn't really match with them at the time, and then they go back to it, and then it really fits. I mean, that I say, though, happens it's, a it's, lot. But you could say like it's not how it starts, how it finishes. But well, not not even that. I'm just saying like you may not be in that moment ready for whatever it yeah. is, and then later on, you go back to it. Might and be right. Wow. For it. Like, yeah, you part, might be right for that part of it for me was I actually lowered the difficulty, and I know that like, the purists say the opposite about this, but you just uh, you die too much when you don't really know. the The combat is okay; it's not great, and mm-hmm. the traversal I think is pretty bad. But yeah, I didn't think any aspect of the actual gameplay was that great. But once I went focused on like the magic stuff, and that makes the combat way more interesting and fun and effective, I think. Although, so there's other things you can cheese in other branches too, like other like pure sword stuff. But mm-hmm. uh, once you get past the fact, get past just dying all the time and not being able to do anything, and, and the fact that the first area is just boring, <laughs> uh, this is the best questing I think in a game. Period. Mm-hmm. Like side quest stuff, or just being like just, just questing. questing. Yeah. Okay. There, and quantity again and quality, I don't think are mutually exclusive. There's so much content in this game. Like it never feels dead. To this day, yeah. where in, in a second playthrough, I'm still like there's still like new things like the main character can say, new things I can find. There's just so much in it that it's it it creates the most like alive world. I mean, and some some of it is kind of like repetitive and barren too. But you just have so much you can do. There's all the contracts, which are optional missions. They all have a story with them, the Witcher contracts. There's lots of things that kind of matter later on in the main story and side quests as well. The characters are interesting. There's this great implied history that. It's not implied, actually, because I just missed the previous two games. But even even the first game, there's an implied history with these characters as well, I'm sure. And uh, it got me into this fantasy world, which I'm not into too often. It's sort of an alternative one where you have this very Polish-centered, like, folklore style that's it's kind of unique when you look at it. It doesn't quite line up with the typical Tolkien-like setting, so... It's just different enough to distinguish itself, I think. And, yeah, it's just... And you can get into the loot aspect, too. You want to upgrade your armor, you have to go to certain people. And then there's the whole Gwent thing, which I resisted playing for the longest time. And then I got into it because in game, in the game, you can actually, you know, 
go specific places and beat certain people to get certain cards. And it's like, that makes it more rewarding. Like, you're rewarded for your patience in this game. And, uh, and I was in the long term, and now I'm, I would consider myself a Witcher fan, even though I hated it at I think first. it's overrated. <laughs> I do think it's overrated because the actual gameplay yeah. is not. It's not. No, no, I mean, <laughs> I, it's your number four, though, Mike, and I wouldn't yeah. necessarily say that it's overrated. And then, like, I would just say, you know, it's people highly re- regard this game highly because of things that I don't agree with per se. But um, yeah, but you also you enjoy regard different it highly. I mean, like, out of all the games you played, things. yeah, out of all the games you played in 2010 to 2019, you put it at number four. Yeah, it, that's, that's, this game I, I understand sure it's not one of the most that's, played games. That's high marks. I mean, that's high marks, Mike. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's high, yeah, but yeah. but it's like game of the century for a lot of people. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I think it's valid. Yeah. Oh, right. Skyrim probably beats it for a lot of people. Yeah, Skyrim's overrated. Yeah. Fantasy. Yeah. Uh, Sky, you could say Skyrim's overrated for a lot of people. That's fine. <laughs> oh, well, Skyrim is definitely overrated. It's not on my list. <laughs> yeah. make mine. None of our list. Spoiler, it's not on any of our lists, I'm pretty sure. Tony, your number four. My number four was uh, Xenoblade Chronicles One on the Wii. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I I could probably insert two in, in this slot if I, depending on the day and stuff like that, because mm-hmm. the games are just so close in quality, um, and depth. But the ending is really tied together. Yeah, but what I have to say about this one is just um, you know, to fir- first of all, this was a game that during the it came out on the Wii, and it was during that. I would say Nintendo hubris era, where they're like, we're making so much money off of Wii, uh, Wii Sports and Wii Fit and, and all that Wii Play stuff <laughs> that uh, the games that our other developers have made, the core like core demographic, you know what? Some of these are just too Japanese, and we're not going to take risks and we're not going to release it. This game came out in 2010 in Japan, and it took two years of campaigning by fans, respectfully clamoring for this uh, under the banner of uh, Operation Rainfall. That said, these games are amazing, and they they deserve to be released outside of Japan. Uh, and then two years later, we finally got our shot. And I remember um, it was a GameStop exclusive. Uh, you had to pre-order it and stuff like that. It had a low print run initially. And I got it, and I was like, all right, let me see what the, the hubbub is about. And um, you know, I'm a huge JRPG fan, but I felt like that generation, the PS3, Xbox 360, Wii generation, was just terrible for... Japanese RPGs. I mean, mm-hmm. Square Enix shit the bed with Final Fantasy. I mean, we got three Final Fantasy yeah. 13 games. Um, we didn't get a single Dragon Quest game. Um, Persona was completely absent uh, until yeah. Yeah, you know the play- after- Vita. right, right, exactly. And that was and it was the know, same game you played on right. It was the same game. Uh, so in that generation where just JRPGs were just in the shitter, this game came out by a company, Monolith that was like so such a, an underdog in that genre and they just came out and were like boom open world these graphics are insane for the wii like if you looked at like all the assets are built with a higher resolution in mind it's just the wii could only display it if you run it in it uh, like the dolphin emulator it's, it's so crisp and and so amazing that the the depth of view the just the draw distance stuff is amazing but the story is fantastic um you know it's it starts out really typical japanese shonen where it's like Oh, boy uh, meets girl, and then stuff happens, and you want being like a hero, you know, figure and stuff like that. But you know, about halfway in the game, it just like takes that and just turns it upside in its head, and you're like, oh shit! And it gets, you know, kind of like in that what I was saying uh, on the last podcast with Inception, it just takes these things and just puts on original layers. Um, and it's just a fantastic game. The combat is 
great. The music is fantastic. I mean, I, I can listen to that soundtrack mm-hmm. all day. Uh, and I'm just so happy that not only do we get it, but they're remastering it. Like Nintendo's actually funding a remat, like remaking that it's game. Happening. Right. It's not just like HD poor, like quick and dirty. It's like re- remastering this game. And I'm just so excited for this year uh, because a lot more people are going to get to play it. So yeah, that's awesome. All right, uh, Corey, your number four. My number four is Destiny. Nice. Destiny. Ooh. I'm surprised that's not nice. higher. Yeah, it, uh, you know, there's other games, you know, but um, <laughs> <laughs> Destiny is probably the second most played game I've ever for me. Yeah, obviously, yeah. Uh, this game is more of a hobby than like a game, you know. <laughs> so, and like I connected with people more so with this game than like any other game probably because, um, because of the obviously the online component and and the fact that it is essentially an MMO without. The being the MMO that you know, World of Warcraft is, and um, yeah, it's got loot, and obviously, you know, I love that shooting, grinding, and there's some pretty interesting story stuff to it as well. Like, there's yeah. a lot of great lore in Destiny, and the so, Taken King was like a big. Mm-hmm. That's when it took off. I mean, the Taken King was just that that changed the game for Destiny. It made story. It made it made story because before that, and I was like, I don't fucking know what's going on this game. Yeah, and like raiding wasn't really a thing on console. Yeah. You know, like. This like brought raids to console and like pretty tough. Like if people didn't know how to do them, I wasn't figuring it out anytime soon. <laughs> there were some pretty crazy puzzles and and things that needed to pe- get figured out. And just watching those like world's first runs were really cool too, just to see how long it took people to actually finish them. Yeah, I mean, just because uh, you're talking about, it, I, I remember there was a thread in recent era last week that said like the newest puzzle. Mm-hmm. Like wasn't solved for over twenty four hours. That was like a big deal because it's like nobody's mm-hmm. solved it. I was like, oh, it's really cool because like it reminds me of my WoW days where it's like you know the gym. You remember like world oh, firsts yeah. on the bosses yeah. and all that stuff. The like, bosses, it was like when, it was like there were guilds racing to finish those down those yeah. bosses uh, when mm-hmm. they first came out. Yeah, no, like recently Bungie's been a lot more into the raid um, competition, so to speak, as well. And like they actually have give belts to the first. Oh, part, like, cool. That's really belts. cool. Yeah. And um, special emblems if you be- beat it like in the first 24 hours. And there's like a YouTube streamer that was pretty popular who beat it with um, two minutes after 24 hours. He missed it by two minutes. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, man. So it was like, the, uh, yeah. So everybody like, called him like two minutes late or something like that. <laughs> but um, Of course, got to be toxic. <laughs> exactly. But uh, yeah, so... Destiny, obviously, they continue to pour content into this game and work on it, and I think Bungie's split from Activision is only going to help. I, I agree in this, this statement. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just everything they've been doing to try to, you know, there was a little bit of misstep with Destiny 2, for sure. They can't deny that. I mean, give, I mean, give them credit. We probably wouldn't have had Destiny without Activision, but I think the split will make it better. Which is crazy to say. I mean, but, somebody would have stepped in if it wasn't Activision. Yeah, you it, it was just too hot of a, yeah. of a developer. But I mean, Activision was there initially. So, but yeah, um, just there's a little, so much there, and they continue to support it to this day. Uh, they're still giving out content, and you know, they're making it free to play, making it try to make it as easy as possible to get into, which is great. But uh, yeah, one of my you know favorite games of the decade, obviously, and number four overall. Yeah. Uh, number three for me is a game that I've actually one of the few games that I have played multiple times to finish uh, is The Last of Us. Um, mm-hmm. That game for me, uh, love playing it. 
I have played it on every difficulty. I think at some point um, played it on the hardest difficulty in the last playthrough and remat on the remaster for PS4. Uh, I love that world to a point. Like I'm not very excited for Last of Us Two, which is crazy to say considering this is number three on my list of decade games. It's that um, Inception comp idea that we talked about last. Yeah, you know, it's like. It's the shot. The it shot ended factor. perfectly. It, it, the ending of this game was so good with Joel and and Ellie. It was just such an open ended like, you know, what's he gonna? You didn't tell her. You should have told her. You know, that kind of thing. It's just like, and then like, I I agreed with the character as it was going down. I'm like, I agree. Like the way because you played Joel throughout this whole game. You're like, this is exactly how I would behave. You're like, no, you're not taking. You're not. You're not taking her brain. Um, and it's just like, I just feel like um. That's the when I found that news out. That was my reaction, like as I'm watching the cutscene, and that was the reaction of the character. And I'm like, it's just you're in sync, and so it just resonated with me like so well that it just it, it was such a great game. And then visually, again, graphically, it's a PS3 game that almost killed my PlayStation. <laughs> uh, but it was uh, it probably did kill my PlayStation. I mean, it would take me. The load screens were so bad in this game oh, yeah. for me. It was so bad. Uh, my my PlayStation was screaming to like fan wise like to, fan, to load yeah. this. Yeah, um, the PS4 was loud with this because I played this in the original PS4 uh, before I got my Pro unit, and uh, yeah, and yeah, it was like it was pretty loud on that one. But like, I just love the post apocalyptic worlds uh, that you know. Was focused on zombies, but did it so much better than The Walking Dead in terms of like humanity's survival uh, and like the infected aspect of things. And I don't know. I just felt like it was a better. I thought it was like a great. It took the concept of like what The Walking Dead was and just made it better. And mm. I just like I like that aspect of it. Not to make fun of The Walking Dead, as it was number ten on my my list for a game, uh, but I feel like the story. I don't know. I just, I just liked it much better. I like the characters better. I just like everything, every aspect. The Ellie, like playing as Ellie, like the first time in this game was uh, crazy. Uh, you know, when you're, you know, hunting in the woods and such. And then, uh, uh, yeah. And then, yeah, that whole thing. I mean, it was just, I don't know. I just love this game. It was great. This, mm -hmm. The only thing I didn't like, uh, I remember, uh, and I can talk about it now, is I hope they fix this in the sequel, is the constant... Okay, this part is the zombies, and this part is the humans, and this part is the you go very formulaic. Like that, that's, that yeah. was my biggest criticism. This is, it, this is how it went. Like exploration yeah. uh, sequence, where just like figuring out how to get to the next area, including like the damn raft, where the point where Ellie even yeah. makes a joke about it, like, "Oh look, this thing again." I'm like, "That's how I feel, Ellie." Thank you for saying it. <laughs> and it's like zombie sequence, and then human then sequence. sequence. And I'm yeah. just like, like I. I, I get it was a new game, but like I, like you're saying, Jim, like I would love to see them I mean, interact was, and you know. I, I think it was the first one with like the distracting mechanism, like with the throwing bottles, wasn't it? Like the first? No, I mean that's been in things before. That's Metal, Metal Gear's done that. Yeah. Well, I, no, I meant like, was it like the reaction of it though? I thought like like taking a bottle and chucking it, breaking it against something, and then like. I don't know. I know it's, that you can do that. It's pretty much in any right. stealth you're right. game. You're right. It's in that. Right there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, that was my number three game. Mike, your number three. My number three is, um, if we're doing, I guess, one per franchise, although I might, like, try to you can find them here. Injustice slash Injustice 2. That's fine. Um, because with the first one, it had a better story, and it, would, and it really introduced a lot of mechanics that actually got me into a fighting game series for the first time. Um... Obviously, like, I'm a big fan of, like, Justice League stuff. Like, and we got all those 
pretty much all those voice actors back in this, which was great. Mm-hmm. And we had a dark storyline, an alternate sort of future where Superman goes crazy and becomes a dictator, which obviously, and this this spawned a comic series that I think oh, yeah. is still going. Yeah. I read the first few of them, like uh, first like thirty issues. I read of that. Yeah. So uh, so the story is top notch. It's got like the best single player, uh, you know, fighting game content. I think, and we have this sort of interesting new take where you have. Lots of interactable objects. There's stage transitions, and then there's the um, sort of meter wager thing, where you, which is again, I'm not going to try to explain it, but it's just it's just a different way to use like meter in a fighting game, and it's like a secondary use of it too. So it was very interesting to me. And once you get into it, it's sort of like, all right, this is great. This is its own thing, but you can master it. And it's really the only fighting series where i was able to get online and win like about 50 percent of the time just by you know learning it that much so then the second game comes and then it adds this other layer of gear for these iconic characters that you can mix and match and you can get colors and it, it made like their versions of loot boxes fun <laughs> somehow and it was just crazy because you could kept you kept playing you kept trying to get more pieces, match stuff up, and it, then you would have boosts, too, with this gear that would only happen in the single-player stuff, which was a lot of the stuff. So you can load up on kryptonite gear if you have a boss fight against the Kryptonian, or you can load up on you know different stats just based on the... Very RPG-esque. Yeah, so you had all this replayability in a fighting game that... That was all mostly single-player based, but you could still play it multiplayer and not be bothered with that stuff. So no one really kept the gear effect on when you went online, because that's stupid. <laughs> but it, And it, graphically, these games looked great, too, both of them for their time. And then the DLC, you have the Ninja Turtles with the Batman characters, and you know yeah. that's... That's going to get number three for me by itself, just that combination. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. no, so I put a lot of time into this more than I ever thought I would put into fighting games for both of them. And it's just, uh, it changed uh, my thoughts on the whole the whole genre pretty much. So, awesome. Big deal. All right. Uh, Tony, you're number three. Yeah, well, uh, speaking of fighting games, mine's going to have to be Smash Brothers Ultimate. Just because uh, it's been you know, a little over a year now, but um, this to me now is finally like the definitive Smash experience where I feel like it's finally given me enough incentive. Because at the core gameplay, I think Melee is still the most polished and still feels like the most natural to me. Uh, but I know it's a little too fast for most people where like it's just they don't know what they're doing and you know the reaction time uh, requirement is just high. I don't even know if I can play competitively uh, these days at you know my old age, but um ultimate now just gives you like no reason to go back to the older ones unless it's just you want that melee experience because they brought all the characters back um we're at what 74 75 at this point it's crazy uh 100 stages over a thousand soundtracks and to me the series has just outgrown itself to the point where like it's not just a celebration of like nintendo anymore it's it's a celebration of like video games in itself because you know, back when uh, Wii U 3DS came out, it was like, oh, look, Cloud's a uh, guest character, and Bayonetta's a guest character. And it's like, that's crazy, you know? And before then, it was like Solid Snake and Sonic the Hedgehog. And you're just like, all right, like, we'll just keep going here. And it's just like, okay, now we got, like, Ryu, we have Ken, we have um, 
Joker from Persona. We have uh, Banjo-Kazooie, fucking Microsoft. Sakurai's on his reveal, and he's like, hey, this game used to be a Nintendo franchise, but now you can play it on Xbox One. He literally said those words on his stream that said, you could play it, available now, on Xbox One. Like, it's just insane to me that an official representative of one first-party company is telling you, like, hey, go play it on this other video game console. <laughs> uh, but not even just, like, the big stuff, like, the recognition of, like, indie characters where, um, you know, you have uh, an Undertale reference, uh, you know, Shovel guess Knight. me character. Shovel Knight is an assist trophy. Uh, and then on this latest uh, one where we'll talk about it, I'm sure, next week on the news, um, Cuphead is uh, yep. a me costume that right. yep. comes up with the soundtrack. Skin, just, yep. It... it, it celebrates from the very small developers and cuphead was what like a three-man team or something like that you know all the way up to to the, the big boys and it's just one of those things where it, it truly feels like this is a celebration of gaming in, in all its forms because it really goes from you know from pac-man all the way up to you know pokemon and and fire emblem and uh splatoon you know it's probably the last big you know far um first party game from nintendo where it's just it covers all those those bases, and it's to the point where like now you have these companies that are just like, hey, if you want this character Smash, just like let us like we'll give you whatever you want, like whatever you need, bro, we got you. You're like, uh, even Sakurai joked around when they got uh, Terry Bogard from SMK, and they're like, you know, we submitted about 50 tracks because you know we figured in the past they'll like select 10 to let us use, and they're like, yeah, go ahead, use them all, and it's just like, <laughs> what the hell? Like it's just absurd, but um. And then aside from that, like the competitive aspect is just so fascinating to watch. It's just seeing professionals play this game is just, it, it's almost like, uh, it sounds corny, but like, it's almost like a, a dance where you just have these characters and you know, at certain points where like the top tier characters are fighting and just like, you're just going to see this amazing, like little dance of just like, you know, footsies, hops, cancels, you know, all that stuff. And it just chef's kiss just, like, <laughs> watching those finals every year yeah. at Evo. All right, uh, Corey, your number three. My number three is also The Last of Us. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow, I'm surprised. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. So number three, Last of Us. The um, Last of Us, like you mentioned, Jim, earlier, uh, obviously had some great characters, really interesting take on the zombie without being zombies yeah. uh, thing. And that opening sequence just, like, floors oh, yeah. you. like, yeah, oh, I my God, what the – like, this is happening. Like, you're, you're in the moment – as things go to shit and then your character like suffers this huge loss, which basically puts him on this path of self-destruction essentially and makes him the character who he is, which then, you know, contributes to the, the relationship he has with Ellie. And, and, and he's an asshole. He's like, that's what, that's who like, you need to be in this world. Like you cannot be a good person and survive yeah. in this world. And that's what every character in this game is an asshole. Yeah. Uh, because yeah, you're not, you're not going to be, around for very long if you're not uh and so you then find this girl who's not necessarily innocent but again she's pretty much an asshole too but in the grand scheme of things she's right <laughs> but yeah she's this innocent child and like and then you have that you know you know you that opening sequence reflects down and then you're like oh shit now i gotta take care of this and it, you feel it as the player like you want to kind of help this person help this kid uh and you know be that father figure for her. And then, you know, the gameplay, I think, did a, a good job. Like, we talk about how, you know, the stealth aspects and things like that. I think it's one of the better versions of it where, yeah, when you play it on the toughest difficulty, they make things much harder. You don't yeah. get as many materials, you know, resources. Yeah, you don't get to, really to use your 
the Echo Vision shit, yep. whatever that I don't I don't even know what it is because I never really used it anyway. But uh, you don't get to do that, and you get to play it in the most pure sense. And I think what puts this game ahead of some of the other stealth style games with combat is that the reactions of the AI and the enemies That's what we'll are see. very varied and unique. And and yeah, you do have those sequences where you're going from this type of enemy to that type of enemy, but they are interesting when you have those interactions and they are different where it makes the, those you know interactions and scenarios pretty cool and unique and fun to figure out. Yeah. And like we said earlier, just um, you know the different big moments in this really hit home for me. Uh, the Ethan fight with Ellie really, I felt, was a really cool sequence. One of the better ones, I think, just because your character is weaker and like, you're not able to do as much as you could with um, the Joel character. And then uh, just the reunion with that, you know, Joel coming and you, you're, you're going after her and you know that there's something wrong. And the whole snow stuff aspect, too, is really cool. Like, yeah. They just do a great job of different different scene scenery and different uh, landscapes yep so um yeah they, they for me this i'm super excited for two but this game on its own i would never need another one just story-wise i think they, they had the perfect ending like yep. you said it just i think that's I, why i'm not as excited for two because i'm like i'm fine with what i got in the first game yeah, it's, like, it feels like yeah. the walking dead thing like oh everybody loves clementine let's make a game where she's older now and you can play as her it's like yeah ah. It does feel a lot like that, so... I don't need it, though. Like, we had a great finish. <laughs> it does. Right. It really does. Yeah. yeah. All right, we are getting down there. This is number two of of the decade for us. Uh, number two for me was Arkham City. Ooh. Uh, yeah, that was um, the best Batman game that was released um, to this day. I don't care. Arkham Knight uh, had the Batmobile, and that deters enough of that game... To make it not as good as Arkham City. Plus, I liked, I liked uh, like the I open liked, world, I, huh, Jim? The open world. No, it's no, but it's not even open world. It's Mr. a smaller. I don't like open worlds, but it's a smaller <laughs> open world though. Like I liked it. Like it, like it's, Arkham City was too like it was it was it's open, open as well. It's not open lie, Jim. The math does not lie. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I did probably that's part of my open world percentage. By the way, this game, um, but I love this game. I love the Riddler's clues. I loved uh, finding that's you know figuring that stuff out. Um, uh, you know, the the weakest fight for me, I think, was the Mister Freeze thing. Uh, but I love that fight. That was my. I don't know. Uh, everyone I thought that was loves very, that fight. I don't know. I thought that was too easy. That's I. That, that's where you I get it. I'm not hard. saying it was hard, but like, you got to play it, it on was... hard. You got to do all the things on the hard. Okay. Yeah. Level. Maybe that's what it was. But I just like I loved that first sequence when you're as uh, you're playing as Bruce Wayne in the beginning, and it's just like you get that aspect of the thing. You're like, wow, this is awesome. Uh, and then like becoming Arkham City, like why the why it's called that. Uh, it, it's really awesome to have that. And then why there's an how they explained why there's only thugs on the streets and stuff. Uh, it was pretty cool um, for me. Um, and, you know, like I said, playing as, as as Batman in a sequel. Arkham Asylum was a great game. Uh, I loved the, how it got this whole thing off the ground, but I thought this was the, like, the best version of it all. Like I, Arkham, like I said, Arkham Knight probably technically is better, uh, but it's so close. They're very close as it is. Uh, so it doesn't matter. Like that part of it, like the combat part of it's so close that the game itself, the story itself was better than Arkham Knight. Um, but Arkham Knight had its moments. Give it credit. But Batmobile kills that game for me. And I played so much of these two games that this is my in my decade. That one's not. 
And get your Hamill Joker too. Yeah, and I get Hamill's Joker, and yeah, we get the we get the voice actors we want, the the voice actors we all deserve. Let me rephrase <laughs> that. So, uh, you know, I just I really love this game so much. Like it, yeah, I could I, like I have Arkham Knight here, but I'm like I just, I do want to play Arkham City again more, uh, and I I don't want to play the Arkham Knight anymore. I just like I don't care to play that game. So, you know, the urge is not there to play it. Mike, your number two. My number two is Mass Effect Two. Oh. I was yep. wondering when this was going to show up. I was like, I was, how many of you want to talk about this game so far? Mike, Mike I, was, I was writing in Arkham Knight, and uh, as you were... No, like, no. I was like, how funny would it be if he, follows up, if he follows up my Arkham City with, like, the Arkham Knight, but... Okay, well, no. um, well, Arkham, I, I don't think Arkham Knight's... I would put Arkham City for higher for Mike. I think Mike... Yeah. Mike, Mike what, do you, what, what would you say is better? You're going well, to find out, Arkham. We're going to get to it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, okay, Jim's just okay. rattling off all our number ones before we even get to them. <laughs> No, I just I really expected Mass Effect Two to be his number one, but okay, go on. I mean, it, it could have went both ways, honestly. But uh, Mass Effect Two, um, obviously, we all loved it, that game. Um, again, it's an alive world. It has great quests. It had side side quests with characters that mattered. Pretty much every character was interesting that you every rec- recruited, at least. Um, Every different place you went to had its own sort of style. This one, this game had like good atmosphere for a game that was somewhat spread out. Like each place, like you still had little things and details you wanted to like soak in and notice as well. Um, that's like a lesser like considered part of this, but it just having your again that that hub world. You're you're on Normandy there. You can meet and talk with all of your crew. It was a great continuation of the older game, which was a little rough around the edges, in my opinion. Um, but now we have an, a great sort of incentive with the loyalty missions to actually spend time with these characters, know what they want, and then go on specific missions with them, and then to try to save the world. <laughs> and the story was interesting. You can create your, you had just enough flexibility, I think, with your shepherd. He's still Shepard, so there's still, like, written stuff for him or her, but it's yours. It's your version of them, and I, I like that. I don't like the total blank slate character where it could be anything, so nothing really, like, no one says your name and nothing is really, like, scripted. I like that it's, it's somewhat guided, and yeah. uh, but there was room for, like, you know, deviation here and there. But in the end, it's just a great RPG. The world felt alive and important. The only reason why it's not my number one is the actual moment-to-moment like gameplay isn't like the top top tier. It's a good third-person shooting and with like some different abilities and stuff. But it's not like that's not a strength to me of the game. But still, just we talked about this so much and mm-hmm. it had such an effect. And again, I'm looking for more games, especially with like side quests and characters like this, to have it matter in the end like it did in here with that final suicide mission where you could screw everything up if you didn't have loyal crew or if you chose poorly. Yeah. Uh, it's just the choices, at least within this game, mattered. So yeah, that, that's why it's my number two right up okay. there. Top. Tony, you're number two. Number two is Super Mario Galaxy 2. Um, and I had to think about this one because there were a lot of Mario games of the decade, but uh, Galaxy 2, I think, is probably my 
perfect Mario game. Um, just because, you know, I mean, I like all Mario games, most of them anyway. Um, but Galaxy 2 was a refinement of Galaxy 1, obviously. Um, but as I've become older, I have realized, like, I, I really appreciate 64, obviously, because it was groundbreaking. Um, and Sunshine was, was okay, but, you know, I, I'm not a fan of, like, the whole open, like, collectathon kind of thing. Like, it just doesn't do that for me anymore. Like, when I was a kid, yeah, I loved doing that because it was a way to get a lot of, you know, playtime out of uh, one game because you might not be able to, you know, get that many um, for a while. But Galaxy 2 is just, uh, it, it is this perfect uh, intersect of, yeah, like, you can get the critical needed whatever stars you needed to beat the game but they had variety in the missions because it was it was a mission-based thing it's like hey you have to get from point a to point b or you have to collect these specific coins in this area and it's like the levels change based on which which one you load out and it's just you know what you're doing it's platforming bliss because it's just taking that formula of of mario being like essentially a ninja which is kind of crazy to think about he has this repertoire of moves uh that you know combine movement and um momentum and inertia uh you add on the gravity aspect where you know he's in space and you're traveling between these like you know planets basically that are have their own gravity system a lot of times you're upside down and flipping switches to invert polarity and and all that stuff it just makes this really super awesome tight experience where it's it's just fun from start to finish and then even when you beat it it's like hey here's luigi and just like in in you know more traditional mario fashion it's like Luigi plays a little bit differently, uh, and then all the missions are a bit either easier or diff- more difficult because uh, he's a little slower, looser to control, but you know his jumping mechanics are a bit better and stuff like that. And it's just an awesome package. Um, again, like I, I can't think of a level in that game that's bad. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, all right. Uh, Corey, you're number two. My number two is also Mass Effect 2. Okay. I figured that much. I was getting I a little worried. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> I mean, you knew I, it had to be your number there. one, Jim. I know it. I know it. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Mass Effect 2, uh, as we've mentioned before, um, uh, is you know a refinement on the first game, which was a good game. And then they just... Like took that game and went to eleven, and basically, uh, from the start, like we, I think you mentioned Tony, like from the start, like talk about last, Last of Us having a great opening sequence. Um, Mass Effect Two had a fantastic yeah. opening sequence and gave yeah. a pretty cool reason for players to kind of change up their shepherd if they wanted to and like make them different. Uh, obviously, this whole transferring file saves to like another yeah. game was um, done before, but this one really felt like oh this is going to matter this is something that's going to mean something i made something. decisions in the first game like and, so much knowing that I was yeah, and I played, oh, I, game, I, I, and I played i the played first the first game so i could have different it, decisions yep. happen so i could have those decisions like and See, i didn't replay i stuck by my decisions i stuck by my decisions in that game Nope, yeah, carried over. This is what I made. I, I live with it. Uh, oh, I had to. Well, bring I mean, I, got, I, had to bring I think I played this, played through Mass Effect seven times. Um, so, because uh, I played through maybe six times, because I wanted to play through, through different different sequences, different see how different the like, choices were made, and just like it's and playing on different like the male and the female side, the Paragon and the Renegade. Um, yeah, Renegade. Yep. Renegade side is just like trying to see those different actions and what those effects are going to have and things like that just one of the most like ambitious games out there 
and like you were saying, like the solo, like the the story missions for your companions or for your, your your the crew that you have, and the loyalty missions there, those were really cool. And just again having that matter, and then just being like super satisfied when you like nail relationship. Yeah, I, I get those answers and like have them, you know, feel good about the different conversation trees that you're going down. It's just so, it's such a cool like world that you're really immersed in and feel like everything is important yeah uh until obviously certain things happen later on but you know it and it had like some really awesome characters like they're still some of my favorite characters in this game in the in any game ultimately uh i mean that's why like you can talk obviously yeah this is this is my number one and that reasoning is because of the characters like uh like mass effect 3 would be nowhere near as a lot of people rate that really highly because it plays the greatest, but it wouldn't have as much payoff if it wasn't for like what you get from these characters established in two and mm-hmm. how much attachment you get to them in two. And like the DLC is really good. Yeah, like, really I mean, good. You, I mean, yeah. think about like Morden. I mean, that whole thing. Like his mm-hmm. his thing in three is not a payoff from. It's because of how much you've you know, established from two. Uh, I mean, there's been like, uh, I mean, even like remember Thane. Mm-hmm. dying later on i mean like it's crazy all of it like, rex rex I mean, your like, favorite character jacob jim yeah i left him for dead <laughs> um so yeah i think he was in it was he was in two or was he in three he was in three he's in two. no he's in two i i sent him off to do the, the hacking and you know while That's i right. did the hacking okay he did not survive it um, yeah, this this did start like by the end. There was like, oh, human characters, enough of them. Well, I was just like, <laughs> I was trying to make my decision at the end. Of that gauntlet was like, who do I, I? I felt like I couldn't make it through with everybody. So I'm like, if I'm gonna sacrifice somebody that like, I, I can't sacrifice these other characters. I by default I have to sacrifice him. I'm sorry. Like, mm-hmm. like I was more attached to those other characters, and that's where I would make that biased decision. Unfortunately, uh, but I just love this game because it was the. Like the start of Mass Effect One, the the culmination of what they were trying to do in that game and make it into this. Uh, and people still argue like one was awesome with this RPG stuff. And I'm like, yeah, that's fine. Uh, yeah, I don't need I don't need to scan. I don't need to scan planets. I don't need. You know, it's like I don't need to be driving on planets. I'm sorry, I don't need to be driving with a robot. Oh, I forgot planets. about that part. Yeah, Ugh. this After game made things so much easier. And uh, yeah, the transfer of save data into this. To this game like as we mentioned from your decisions we talked about this game for probably 20, 12 podcasts maybe more i don't even know it was ridiculous more. how much we talked about this it game was more than a year. It, it was forever and just like every decision how much we could not wait for mass effect 3 because of how big this game was it's my game of the decade there's there was no question when i started this list at yeah, all and then the relationships you have with these characters yeah. were just, meaningful yeah. and just like the way they finish too are really like satisfying in this impactful. game it was oh, impactful yeah. because you cared about like the entire time i'm like uh who's the uh, i'm trying to remember the, the 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 bald chick's name um jack jack, jack. thank you yeah, oh my like, jack hold that because i had to pick i heard you the force field <laughs> and i remember that decision because the entire time i'm like hold that fucking force field please hold this force field and i'm like the whole time I'm like i make the wrong decision please you have to hold this horse and then like she made i'm like Oh, it was awesome. I was like, because I'm like, come on, hold. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, you get so into the story. I was, I was that into that story. I literally was saying that on my TV. 
uh, I was yeah. standing. I was standing while playing the ending of this game. Like, because I, I was like, I got at that. In, I'm not sitting in my chair. I was standing with my controller at the TV. It's one of the best lead ups to an ending that's actually satisfying. But. Yeah, and like you said, the beginning of it, just like having to re- be able to restart your character mm-hmm. the way you, if you want to change up a little bit, you could. Uh, the differences of Renegade Paragon. I mean, that's to this day is mm-hmm. iconic in terms of decisions of e- good and evil. Do you want to play Paragon or Renegade? That's People refer to that in new games now, like nothing like to do with Mass Effect, because that's just been like, you know, it's so like established from this game. Um, not that it wasn't around before those those terms. I'm right. just saying that it was made popular by this game. Um, yeah, I just I love this every aspect of this game so much. Last good game Bioware made. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would completely it's agree. Not, it's hard not hard not to argue that. Well, I, would, but... I would say I would say the Mass Effect three is technically the better playing game uh and it does play fantastically but this is this was the best game of the series because uh, it still plays really well so i still enjoyed it so my number one mike number one my number one is arkham city with arkham knight as an honorable mention then i only say that because it you need to decide no i'm just kidding. Well, it's definitely city but <laughs> knight knight would have made like maybe been in the top like you know six through ten somewhere if it was its own thing um, made it its own. Like, like, we gave you the option. I mean, it's just you have to cut some things off. Yeah, that's why I sort of it's tough to do that. Yeah, I shoved them together here. Yeah, but City to me, um, it's an awesome game. It, it the combat was at its peak here. Like I remember seeing the first like trailer when you had like the uh, three person counters for the first time and like all of the different gadgets. Like wow, it's because it, as you know as well crafted and sort of rhythmic as the first game's combat was, it was pretty basic. And this just added a lot of depth to it. And there was so much more you could do. The entire time, like in the first game, you felt tied a little bit. Uh, And they did that on purpose a little bit with Batman in terms of his gadgets and such. This game had your full gauntlet essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so to me that the combat is at its best. They're at each it's, there's differences actually more than like even more stuff in night because i've played that recently i played both games kind of recently which goes to show you why i think they're, they're among my top games of the decade uh but city it was just it was a big step up in a lot of ways um from asylum not that asylum was bad i really liked it it's just they just added so oh, much fantastic more. game it's exciting it, here yeah, yeah, this was this was like like I said, it's like Mass Effect to Mass Effect Two. It was like the same idea. So you have this open world in City, but it's so densely packed with like s- stuff, like Easter eggs, but Easter eggs that matter because they're they're trophies when you scan them. Like you get references, you get the Arkham City stories, where you yeah. can read up more information about the world in there. As you said, it was kind of mind blowing to start as Bruce Wayne, and then you get you know you get to suit up, you get to see like you have Quincy Sharp started this whole situation with uh, Hugo Strange in the background. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you have all these different characters. You get sort of a, a uh, No Man's Land light storyline, which was one of my favorite comic books that I read about Batman comic stories, where there's sort of factions of villains that own sections of the area. You get... Uh, and the Riddler stuff, People, some people don't like it. I think it was at its best here because it was challenging. It was pretty dense but it also led to certain missions as well and it was like used like using the detective muscle of batman as yourself sort of to figure out how to do it and find all of them in certain ways which i don't think the other games really did as much 
And certainly didn't have to win any races to get Riddler trophies. <laughs> Annoying bullshit in night. Oh, it's definitely yeah. Yeah, fuck that. I remember that. that was one of the worst fuck things. Is like, pull into this, like, oh, I'm Riddler, <laughs> I created this racetrack for you, Batman. I'm like, what the yeah. fuck? No, Ooh, fuck you in this tank, it. goddamn yeah. bullshit. Yeah, no, control. the tank. I mean, and that—that's why, like, night would be like in the lower half. I still play that to death, uh, with especially the the challenges. Now, I like the challenges. I like getting deep into the combat, and I don't really think you can fully appreciate the predator combat, especially I think until you do some of those challenges and do the alternate sort of objectives that it forces you to do to sort of, you know, use all of the tools in your kit to do things in interesting and fun ways. To me, like these, the Arkham series has these two sorts of uh, different but interesting and character-appropriate gameplay. That like it's pretty unique. Uh, obviously, everyone copied the whole Arkham rhythm style, although they're moving away from that a little bit now. But the the combination of the the Predator stuff and that is just it's very unique. It fits the character, and of course, Arkham City's story with an actual sort of written ending for the Joker, or like right. Yeah. It's it's crazy that they went and did that, and I sort of view these games as the continuation of like the old animated you know, series. Animated series. Yeah. So I mean, it felt like a full circle sort of story, like twenty years in the making here that we got an ending to here. Yeah, it, it was just great, and uh, I, I'm probably going to play it some more too because I <laughs> just played the uh, the revisited version, and I'm going to probably go back and do the the challenges, which also contain a bunch of other characters that play differently like Nightwing and Robin and Catwoman Catwoman even has her own sections in this game so there's a lot to do I mean you have to get into wanting to like score well in the challenges to get the full value in my opinion of these games but I did I didn't cover my challenges I did I, I am and I I love them so yeah. I, I, there's really not much when I go back and look at City and think like what could it have done better or more there's not much more than it just being longer, in my opinion. So that that's why it's my number one game of the decade. Cool. All right, uh, Tony, your number one game of the decade. Yeah, I number think. one. No, yeah, there's no, yeah, there's no hiding it. Obviously, nope. but, we, uh, we all know each other's number the, ones yeah. at this point. Yeah, number one was easy. I was, I, I mean, I know Corey's. I'm not gonna spoil it, but we all know Corey's by now. But yeah, um, yeah mine is uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild, and um, I gave it some serious thought because uh, you know the top five. I mean. Yeah. We, we talked about it like top five i mean to get to that point it's all just relatively close uh at that point but i thought about it and even though i'm a zelda fanboy um if i weren't this if this were whatever legend of zelda or belda or whatever the hell the, the <laughs> meme is at this point uh i mean i would still absolutely love this game because it's it's this perfect intersection of open world but not just open world for sake of putting these markers on your your map to be like oh go here and go here and there's something over here and point of interest and you open up your map and you just get like this i don't know dilemma where it's like i'm just overwhelmed by the amount of choices where this is the game that's like hey just here's a small tutorial you get all the items you need in the game like you could just go straight to ganon and beat the game right off and you beat the plateau if you want to good luck uh but you can do it if you really want to but it's just, after you get there it's like all right just Go to wherever you want. You have your main objective, which is to kill Ganon, and you're free to go and kill him whenever you feel that you are ready. The recommendation is you do these four dungeons to, um, you know, get the powers that that lie, you know, within the beast there. But you know, do whatever you want. Uh, and it's just this experience where 
there's these systems where, it, it, like I said, it's chemistry because you have magnetism for the metal. You have uh, electricity with, with metallic objects. Um, you have the water and the freezing with the, the, cri- um, the cryosis. You have the, the time stop mechanic, which allows you to build up kinetic energy uh, with objects. Uh, layered onto that open world game, uh, and you can you know interact in so many different ways. You can cut down a, a, a tree uh, and roll its log into the river, and then hop on that, and then just ride the river all the way down if you really wanted to, uh, right, instead yeah. of traversing and stuff like that. Or you know, uh, traditionally you're climbing this mountain and you jump off and you paraglide to your next point of interest, and that is one of the points to me where this game is just completely magical because. Wherever you look in the distance, there's there's some point of interest where it's like, what is that over there? Like, yeah, what's that weird this, island? There's right, a weird there's island. a yeah. weird island. There's this suspicious looking cliff. There's this yeah. giant tree sticking out of this mountainside. And what the developers here did is like, you know, there's a reason that you want to go there. You just don't know why. Uh, and it's always this system of, okay, I got there, and you, you got the thing, whether it's a korok or an item or you know whatever um, dungeon. And then by the time you step out, there's another point of interest, and it just this never-ending loop of just okay, fantastic discovery and exploration, um, and you know one of those things that I, I really value about this game that I don't think a lot of people talk about is this experience is is almost unique for everybody because one of those things that you know when I talk to somebody it's like oh how did you do this or what did you think about this level and I've had people are like I didn't even do that dungeon or I didn't do that puzzle or um, like. Jim, you know the uh, line, uh, the first Lionel you fight in the game with for the electric arrows. Yeah. You know, I I stumbled on that like I I fought that guy for probably an hour and a half before I finally like just beat him down. And I talked to somebody else. I'm like, dude, you fought him? And I'm like, yeah, didn't you? And he's like, no, dude, I just grabbed the arrows and ran. I'm like, I didn't even know yeah, that was an I option. Like, I didn't I even didn't, know you could just do that. I didn't fight like, him. I did that. I yeah, just like him. yeah, it was you. And it was yeah. like, what? Like, I bashed my head. Because like you, you got two shot by him because it was so no, I was, the game. I saw him walking. I'm like, I can, I can, I can get around this guy. <laughs> yeah, and it's like you know, but but it rewards you because there's just so many different uh, ways. And just to cite what like Mike said with Metal Gear, it's just there are objectives and you're free to go about it what you want. And it's just one of those interesting things where people are still discovering techniques to beat this game or beat dungeons and puzzles. Where it's just like what the fuck are you talking about? And it's just, it's it's almost its own genre uh, of just game but ultimately at the end of the day what i would say is like you know when i think about any game that made the top list the top 10 are fun games but this is one of those games that like elevates the genre for me to the point where it's like i'm glad i play video games as a hobby um which is really rare because to me like at this point in 2020 you know so many genres have evolved and you know um come about and been refined to the point where, like, yeah, okay, I can play another shooter, um, you know. But I mean, I, I've done most of them. You know, Titanfall Two is probably the last one where I was like, okay, this is like, this is new. It's a new twist. Um, but you know, to be like a truly memorable experience, I think before this was probably like Mario sixty four, Ocarina of Time. Um, you know, as a teenager, and then as an adult, it's like, yeah, like all these other games are fun. Gears of War, Mass Effect, Last of Us, you know, Spider Man. But like, this is something like that was tr- truly. Uh, mind-blowing and groundbreaking to the point where like the way i can best describe it is if i could just erase my memories of the game and experience again i would just Mm. i would love it because i don't think it'd be the same for me i'd be doing something different and Mm -hmm. experiencing Mm -hmm. a different version of that story yeah my uh my only gripe about this game would be fuck the rain Um, (laughs) 
No, I agree with you. The rain is just like anytime was a, you run, it's just like I have a torch right, in my hand. I, I have to run this yeah. like you have to run that torch across to get these lanterns lit in a certain amount of time, and it always fucking rains for yeah. me. Yeah. So that's all. Yeah. But, um, and I would sit there and wait. I'm like, fine, I'll wait. Nope. <laughs> so, um, yeah. All right, uh, Corey. That's no surprise. What, what is your what? game of the year? What is it? What, is, what a game of the decade. What is it? It's Aliens Colonial Marines. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> no, it's obviously Borderlands 2. Yeah. yeah. If you said anything else, I was going to call bullshit right away. I'd be like, you're lying. Don't even try. Don't pretend. Uh, that man's a liar. Yep. So, um, yeah. It is like, I understand why that would be. I mean, it's... You, I mean, put hours, more hours than I did, oh, and I put a lot of hours in. Yeah, Borderlands Two, I uh, played more than any other game in my entire life, I'd say. Yeah, you have every version. Uh, of the I've, uh, yeah, I played the four characters to the max. Played the DLC characters to the max. Um, played the game multiple times with each of them, and then the, all the DLC played through, and some of the best DLC that a game has had, I, I would say, is Borderlands Two. Again. Reiterate on multiple consoles. Yes, yes, on multiple consoles. Yeah, yes. uh, I, I did buy it on PlayStation and Xbox and PS Vita. Vita. Yep. No PC yep. version, bro. I own a PS <laughs> PC version. See, he owns every uh, version. And I almost no, no, bought not VR. Not, not VR. VR. Oh. I don't own VR. I almost bought a VR version just so I could have. I could say <laughs> I have all the versions. <laughs> um, but yeah, so. Uh, with place that with um Borderlands, just the, the the loop that they've created for me is just the, the most satisfying loop that I've experienced in any game really because it's something you could do for hours or you could do for minutes if you wanted to because it's essentially the same thing over and over again really and then the fact that the combination of weapons that they built that that engine that gun building engine essentially is so satisfying because you do get a lot of garbage but when you do get that you know god tier weapon which you know there is here and it, you feel so good like yes i finally got the thing i was i was farming for and and then you can go and use it to farm the next thing which because there's always something else <laughs> and the dlc always brought you some more stuff to do and um this game really built on you know that that first one where it took what was so good about the first one which people liked and then just made it even better where a lot of times they just make it the same like oh we want another like people love this they'll just do another one but this one they took what people liked and then made it better and more uh exciting in my opinion and then obviously you mentioned before earlier jim the villain really tied it all together because now you had this protagonist uh antagonist who um really drove you through the story and made you want to you know go out and kick his ass but at the same time you loved every minute of him being an ass to you yeah so it was just like perfect combination of everything great great um combat loops and then you know the game obviously looks really unique and it's it's accessible accessible and couch co-op which a lot of games didn't have anymore like they don't have anymore yeah Yeah. so just like a great combination of things there and you know having characters come back and then characters dying that you didn't expect that would and yeah just like a lot of really great moments in this game as well and again just that loop though that's what got me is that, <laughs> is that loop? yeah yeah hooked on that there's kind of games Not yeah just, no like, that's like, absolutely you, you can see on my list there's uh, a few of them so this is the gateway uh, drug this was yeah, the and, drug and the, yeah the characters all were unique too they all felt interesting and different to play yeah uh, they had yeah. great 
great skill trees that you can you know build different combinations and make them go and act and perform differently too yeah so really great wow all right and that is our of the decade folks uh we're going to recap our list here individually so i'll kick us off with our my 10 through 1 <clears throat> the walking dead diablo 3 overwatch XCOM enemy unknown fire emblem awakening breath of the wild borderlands 2 the last of us arkham city and mass effect 2 mike the uh jedi fallen order sony's spider-man the playstation one sony uh, and marvel spider-man yes <laughs> fallout new vegas uh horizon zero dawn god of war playstation 4 one <laughs> yeah Metal Gear Solid 5 witcher 3 injustice slash injustice 2 mass effect 2 and arkham city number with one. an honorable mention of arkham knight we'll give you that one yeah <laughs> uh, tony uh, Mass Effect 2, Nier Automata, Pokemon yeah, Go. That's a good game, too. Bloodborne. Sorry. <laughs> yep. Bayonetta 2, Fire Emblem Awakening, Xenoblade Chronicles, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, Super Mario Galaxy 2, and Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Nice. Corey? Mine were Rocket League, Spider-Man, Sony Spider-Man, Persona 4, Golden, Overwatch, Diablo 3, God of War, Destiny, Last of Us, Mass Effect 2 and Borderlands 2. Yeah, a lot of numbers in the other list, but uh, yeah, there's a, f- a lot of good games this decade. Uh, looking forward to the next gen coming out. Looking forward to the stuff we have still coming out for games. Uh, you know, we get it's it's early in 2020 still. Nothing big has hit yet. I don't think. And, <laughs> and it won't come. For a while. <laughs> and it keeps going kind of further out. <laughs> yeah, and everything gets delayed as we'll talk about soon. We're going to be doing. Uh, we have a lot of topics coming up. We have most anticipated coming up. We've got. Um, uh, our like, predictions. bold predictions. Sorry, thank you. Uh, we also have a spoiler cast for Fallen Order we want to do. Uh, Mike, Tony, and myself all played and finished that game, so we're going to talk about that. Uh, that's all in the docket coming up this year. Uh, a lot of stuff coming out, you know, obviously later on. We still got to do like, as we can, by the time we get through all of this, we got to do like a summer preview for movies and games and stuff too, so we got a lot to do here. Um, but yeah, so thank you for listening. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this. I'm sure that if you've listened to us from the beginning, you've heard our talk about Mass Effect 2, so appreciate one more time hearing that talk about. Uh, <laughs> Maybe Border, maybe Bioware will make a comeback at some point. No, no, no. no. Anyways, thanks for tuning in. Uh, you can write us podcast at allinggeek.net. Follow us on Twitter, allinggeek. Like us on Facebook. If you're watching us on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. We appreciate it. See you soon. Thanks for